1: The ultimate goal of this legislation is to make it easier to develop housing at all levels.
2: About 85% of the businesses in the state of Rhode Island will no longer have to pay a tangible tax to their local city and town.
0: Affordable housing taxes. Rhode Island House Speaker Joseph Karch and Senate President Dominic Ruggiero today on 10 News Conference.
1: Holding the powerful accountable
0: from Washington, D.C. to right here in Southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicente. And good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicente. This is 10 News Conference. Joining me in studio today, Rhode Island House Speaker Joe Karch and Senate President Dominic Ruggiero. Good morning. They want me to hold you accountable. It says that in the open. Do you want me to do that today? Or you want to have just a Christmas conversation?
1: I'd rather have a Christmas conversation with you any
0: day of the week. All right, we'll do that maybe toward the end of the broadcast. But first, you know, we're coming out of this crisis at the Washington Bridge. Now, we all saw the news unfold. Speaker Chikarcha, are you pleased with the way the state is handling that so far?
1: Well, I'm pleased that we averted a catastrophe, and I'm pleased that they were able to open up the other side of the bridge right away. And, you know, they're still working on it, and I continue to hope that uh, we'll get it up and running as soon as possible, all full capacity. And we'll see how the the process plays itself out. Uh, I know the federal government is doing a review. I know the governor has welcomed some kind of oversight, and he's got an outside review going on. And I think uh, at some appropriate time, the legislature will do a review as well.
0: Senate President, some people were calling, wanted to go after Peter Alvedi. I didn't hear your voice that week, and I know you're key to uh, to what happens at the state as to what happens in Senate government. Are you pleased with the way Peter Alvedi has handled this? And do you subscribe to the narrative that we thought we had a year to go on the pin and it caught us by surprise and something catastrophic happened there? Where do you stand on this?
2: Uh, I've always been a big supporter of Peter Alvedi, I've worked with him in the past. Uh, in, in the organization that I came from, uh, I think he's done an absolutely outstanding job as the director of the Department of Transportation. As far as the works that have been done to, uh, to take care of our roads, uh, Gene, as I said before, uh, we do a very poor job of uh, maintaining our infrastructure in this state. And you can look at the roads, you can look at the bridges, uh, you can look at our schools, you can uh, look at our state buildings. Uh, I think he's done a, a great job. I mean, this particular situation uh, caught everyone by surprise. Uh, we will take a look at it eventually, uh, but I want to see what the reports come in from Federal Highway and from the contractors that they're looking to uh, 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 work with to, to see uh, what we can do and see what happened in that particular situation. Uh, as I said before, uh, this does happen on road construction. You might have one vehicle that went over that that did the most of the damage. Mm-hmm. We don't know at this point in time but ultimately, as the speaker said, we will take a look at it.
0: All right, so you're satisfied. There's going to be three different investigations. There are forensic engineers under there now looking at the pin. And then another team is going to come in and put a, a report together. This is at the behest of the governor. And then you're going to have oversight hearings on your side. And there's oversight well,
1: hearings. Will they be joint? What well, do you envision? Uh, it's possible. I, we, I, we haven't, the General Assembly starts in about 10 days. Right. Uh, so I'm going to sit down and talk to the chairwoman of, of oversight. I know the president will. If we can do a joint oversight, I'm not opposed to that. Hopefully we can at some point. In, in you know mid to late January if the, the timetable's right. If we can't, then we'll do individual ones. But I'm not opposed to doing a joint oversight. It's just logistics at the moment.
0: Are you satisfied with the narrative that you're hearing, that the inspector was there in July? Something happened between July and that Friday, six months later. It snapped the pin. It may have been something catastrophic, an overweight truck. We don't know. Speculation. But are you satisfied with what you're hearing?
1: Well, so far, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a bridge engineer, so I have no reason to doubt anything that I've heard so far. And I think that with all these outside reviews happening Mm -hmm. and then having the legislature take a look at it you know, in a short order, I think we'll get the answers. And it may be that that's exactly what happened or maybe something else. We don't know. And I don't think speculation's good. I think the most important thing that we need to do is, is as quickly and as safely as possible, get the bridge mm-hmm. open to full capacity as soon as possible. That's where everyone's focus should be today. The questions we can ask later and we can get the answers later, too.
0: Okay, let's stick with transportation. Uh, you pushed for Peter Alviti to become the chair of RIPTA which he is now the board chair of RIPTA. And uh, the governor kind of let the cat out of the bag two weeks ago on the radio with me that we're looking at a third spot to move the buses out of Kennedy Plaza to yet a third spot. First it was the House; We'll carve a piece of lawn. That didn't fly. Then it was down on Doran Street across from the courthouse. I even saw sketches on that. Now it's my understanding it's going to be on open parcels, perhaps, off the service road as you go 95 north, further south. Uh, Speaker Ruggiero, tell me about this. Fill it in for me. Do uh, yes, you know uh, the parcel did, number? Can you tell me
2: where? I, I don't know the exact parcel number. That's on 195 uh, 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 land. Uh, I think it's a better location than down in Providence. I think it's a better location than down in Kennedy Plaza. Kennedy Plaza has become a disaster over the right. years. Uh, I think Kennedy Plaza should be turned into a park. Right across from Burnside Park, uh, you're not getting the people that are coming downtown. Right now, a lot of people are working remotely. You don't have those offices uh, that are filled with people, so I don't think you need that type of train. Uh, hub in uh, in in the Kennedy Plaza area I think a better location is up on 195 uh, the 195 land uh, and I think it's more accessible to those people who use uh, transportation it's accessible to the hospitals and it's accessible to a lot of the uh, businesses in that area uh, that people frequent
0: okay just to make it clear so everybody has a mental image in their minds uh, it's its land opened up by the 195 relocation but as you go on 95 north you get off at point street exit and it's between point street and the broadway on the service road so we all were clear on that that's that area yes, over there yes in it's that area 95 north how does that strike you because you know already some of these uh, bus rider groups are pushing back they want kennedy plaza they say that's where we go we want kennedy plaza they don't want to be moved speaker
1: so i don't know that in fact that has been told when i heard it from uh... uh, uh Governor on your show, uh, I know that that particular location that the Senate President talked about was under consideration along with the Doran Street one. Look, it's about, for me, the fiscal um, cost with what's the cost of that land, how much does it cost, what kind of a bus station, how much does that cost? We have to live within our own budget. So I think we need, I think the riders need, and I think everybody needs a, a, a real bus station that has all the amenities of a bus station. Maybe you have a, a scheduling board, you have restroom facilities, you have shelter in the winter. I think we need that location. Uh, that, type of facility. The question is, at what location do you need it? Right. So my understanding is there's an outside study going in there that's considering all the, the attributes that you and the president have talked about, as well as my concern, which is the cost. So, how much is the land at Doran Street? How much is the land at Kennedy Plaza? How much is the land at 185? Okay. How big of a facility are you going to build? And where are you going to build it? All
0: right. I understand all that. And, and, and I don't know much. I only know that. I Just, well, wow, just The first I heard was on the governor talking about this other spot. Right. I,
1: I have heard it was under consideration. Consideration, uh, but, but th- no decision has been made that no official decision that I'm aware of has been okay. made All right.
0: Are, are you both in support of moving the buses out of Kennedy Plaza and reclaiming? What is basically the, the best real estate we have in the state for a park or some sort of other
1: use? I think uh, I would support something that made sense So I can't really say for sure until I see a final report I know that we're spending the state has spent a lot of money I the last I heard they were looking to relocate it near the courthouse
0: Okay to, But you would support getting the buses out of Kennedy Plaza? I
1: I would support moving it to to the best location. If the best location happened to be Kennedy Plaza, then we'd have to, again, look at it. But I would also support moving it. So it really depends on the details, Gene.
0: Okay, well, that's a a distinct point of view. Uh, Senate President, do you want those buses out of Kennedy Plaza
2: and elsewhere? I basically feel the same way the Speaker does, but I think that uh, Kennedy Plaza could be repurposed for other things. Uh, And I I think it should be, the buses should be moved out of that particular area and moved in a different area. So uh, as the speaker said, uh, it has not been determined uh, where that location will be at this point in time. Uh, But as far as I'm concerned, I think the better location would be up on the 195 area because of the access uh, to the other institutions that I mentioned previously.
0: Well, we can do this geographically now. You know, I know that Justice Sattel... Uh, uh, the chief justice of the court system. He runs the whole court system, chief justice of the Supreme Court, but he also he administers the whole court system. He wants a new district court house. He wants to get rid of the old Gary. It's not for him anymore. He wants to go to Cranston. Uh, he, he actually repeated this. He said in briefly uh, to me a couple of years ago, I don't like that courthouse. I'd love to sell it. I'd love to do something. Do uh, you support a $400 million new courthouse in Cranston? Mayor Smiley says he doesn't want to move out of Providence.
2: Well, let me say this. Uh, The courthouse on uh, Darren Street has been a disaster since it was built. The HVA system is bad. Uh, The capacity uh, of uh, people coming in at that court is a lot busier than they anticipated originally. Uh, So you have uh, three different courts that are working there. Uh, My thought actually was to put it outside the 195 area. Uh, that would accommodate that and sell that land because that's valuable land over there. Okay. The building is structurally sound, but uh, you'd have to rip that place apart uh, because of the HVA system and, and the access. And it, it certainly has a great purpose over there because there is the parking garage right next to it. So yes. I think it's a viable piece of land that the state could sell or, or lease out or do something with uh, rather than have it as a courthouse.
0: It's a brand new parking garage uh, that the state, there's state money in that. Uh, you always talk about if the money is there, if the budget allows for its 400 million dollars to get out of that courthouse and build a new one in Cranston How does that strike you,
1: speaker? Well, it it was a little bit of news to me when the president and I met with the Supreme Court and all the chief justices of the other court as well. Um, I wasn't aware that there was a plan, I guess, pre-COVID. I wasn't the speaker then to possibly move the courthouse, but it was not, I point out, was not in the initial request that the courts have submitted to the governor. I don't know what's in the governor's budget that will be coming on January 17th, and I don't know if that'll be in the budget. If it's not in the budget, Forget for the moment, if it's a good idea or a bad idea, forget it for the moment, it should be in Providence or Warwick. I don't know where we're going to get $400 million. I mean, unlike. The federal government. The state house is a beautiful building, but we don't have a printing press in the basement. We don't print money in the basement, and we have to uh, pa- pass a balanced budget. We don't have the luxury of deficit spending and deficit BUDGET, so we have to li- live just like every entity. The state has to pay its bills. We have to live within our budget. There is no more opera money. There is no more CARES yeah. Act money. There's no more infrastructure money. So, look, would I love a new courthouse? As a lawyer, sure I would. But the reality is, where do I get 400? Okay. Or where do we, as a state, come up with 400 hundred million dollars and by the way it's not just the courthouse there are many other people oh, well, asking hey. for lots and lots of money
0: i know and uh, you know what that's a good place to take a break because i was going to get to that the big pot of money that came in from uncle sam at pandemic it's gone and now we're, we're going to replenish it and yes as we say this everybody's asking you for money they think the money is still there we'll be right back stay with us 10 news conference the senate president and speak with the house Thank you for turning to 10, your news leader. 10 News Conference with Gene Valicenti continues right now. We're going to take a very honest and transparent look of what happened in 2011, see how it's impacted everyone and the fund, and more importantly, look at options to see if there is a pathway to improve that's the treasurer talking about state pension reform in the wake of the Raimondo reforms, we'll get to that. But first, you know, Speaker, before we went to a break, you started to talk about a big topic. All that ARPA money, all the hundreds of millions that came in, it's spent. 1.1 1. 1 billion. 0. 0.1 billion. And that cities and towns
1: also got their own share. And so did the school districts as well. Right. They got ESSA right. money, that's correct. It was spent.
0: Some places were spent on penguins. We'll, we'll put that on the side for a second. Penguins? Penguins, okay. and yeah. A million dollars from Providence is going to build a penguin enclosure at the zoo. We don't want to get animals today. Uh, tell me this, Senate President. Uh, everybody's knocking on your door. They want money. They want a hundred million more for the buses. They want this. They want that. What are you telling them? The money's gone?
2: well we're telling them that the money has been obligated and the speaker and i have spoke about this as far as how we wanted to use this money we wanted to use it in a prudent fashion we did not want legacy costs going uh... infinitum uh... what we wanted to do is uh... use that money uh, to put more money in the pockets of the people of the state uh, during uh... during the the aftermath of mm-hmm. COVID and during the, uh, the, the inflation times that we just went through, I mean, expenses are up for everyone. So that was the idea that we came up with. We did not want to have extended costs going on in the years because we would have to fund them and we did not know if we would have uh, the revenue to do that.
0: I, su- I assume there's not a hundred million extra for the buses.
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't see where there would be 100 million, uh, uh, a hundred million extra. I want to take a very close look at that Rip the situation. Uh, We've asked RIPTA to provide us in the Senate with some information. They did provide us with some of the information, but not all of the information that we we requested. And I don't feel comfortable uh, doing anything at this point in time until I get all the information and have uh, our fiscal people examine it and our our Senate uh, uh, Finance Committee uh, hold the hearings on this particular issue.
0: Okay. Let's go to you, Speaker of the House. Uh, They're knocking on your door. They want to lower the income tax. They want to do a lot. But the money's not there. The money's been obligated. It's has, it, it's spent, so to speak. Either it's spent on paper or it's spent in real life. What are you telling these people who are coming to you?
1: That I'm going to give everybody a fair chance to. Um make their case before the House Finance Committee, but I instruct everybody who comes to me for money to go see the governor right now, because the governor's budget has not been launched yet. So if they can get their program, if their cause is supportable, affordable, if there's enough merit behind it, if the governor includes it in the budget, it's a lot easier for us in the General Assembly to keep it in the budget. If it's not in the budget, well the governor's gonna provide us a budget that will be balanced, because it has to be, yeah. and then we will have to make a decision. We'll have hearings, it'll be a very public vetting a process. There's a negotiation with the Senate, there's a negotiation with the governor, and in all fairness to the governor, he provides his budget now based on numbers from the House, not the House, excuse me, the, the uh, fiscal, we have a uh, finance committees. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the fiscal advisors meet, it's a revenue conference. They do that twice a year in November and May. So he does it in November. We in the General Assembly have the luxury of doing it ours per se, in terms of our budget, on the revenue conference in May. After the March 15th, business taxes are paid, and after the April 15th, uh, income taxes are paid individual. We have a much clearer picture of what our revenue will be. So if there's additional revenue, then we can entertain additional, uh, you know, basically funding sources Mm -hmm. or funding programs. If there's not, then we have to live within our budget. So right now I tell everybody, until I have the budget, there is no budget, I don't know what's gonna look like, I will defer to the governor and then I'll wait on the 17th of January, he'll submit it to the General Assembly in joint session between the House and the Senate.
0: Senator President, I know that the bus riders have asked for an extra hundred million dollars. What else have you heard? What are people asking you for? What are some of the items on the wish list? Are some of them strike you as outrageous?
2: Uh, I, actually, I haven't had a lot of requests from my colleagues uh, for uh, for funding for uh, new programs. Uh, we've been looking at some of the issues, uh, certainly some of the things that we did leave on the table uh, after we adjourned, uh, and I made it clear to them. We have no money for additional programs to come out. We've uh, done a free ridership in, uh, in, uh, in, in Pawtucket yes. uh, to see how that worked out. Uh, but that's uh, that. That was basically a one-shot deal, and that's what I told everyone. Uh, it's a one-shot deal. Let's see how much money we get. Let's see how our revenues are coming in. I am pretty pleased with what I see, and I've spoken with a number of Senate presidents throughout the country. I like where Rhode Island is right now, as far as the revenue coming in. Yeah, you're talking about the soccer stadium. I'm talking about the soccer stadium. I'm talking about gaming I'm, I'm talking about some of the things that we're going to be doing that uh, to increase revenue, and obviously. Ultimately, we're going to have to sharpen the pencil, cut our expenses, because we can't uh, continue to afford a $14 billion budget. So we're going to have to trim that down at some time. Uh, But we want to take a look and see how revenues are coming in and see what the the governor is, as the speaker said, see what the governor is going to uh, send to us in the form of his budget.
0: Now, Mr. Speaker, you have to say no. You're, you're the person who says no. And what have you, I've, heard, I, and speak, I've heard some outrageous the, requests, a hundred million extra for the bus, a hundred million extra. Uh, uh, Did you going to tell them no? And what else have
1: you heard? What the, uh, um, the, um, I, I don't know the exact number because it wasn't with me, My majority, the Minority Business Association, they asked for, uh, I think, another hundred million. Secretary of State Greg Amore has asked for a hundred million for the archives. Uh, you know, you played the clip with the treasurer's office yes. and the doing a study commission. Some of those advocates are asking for the reinstatement of Kohler's. I, that's an, right. only an estimate because there's so many different variations of what they've been talked about. Right. It could be two to three hundred million. You got four hundred million for the courts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, t- talking about a, people talking about a, a free school lunch program. Right. You know, it's not f- it's free to the people who get the lunch, but it's not free to the taxpayer. There is no free lunch. So, uh, right. so it, that's anywhere from twenty to forty million dollars extra. I don't don't know if that's going to be in the governor's budget. So I, I wait for the governor's budget, Okay. and then ultimately we, we wait for our revenue numbers in May, and then we craft the budget.
0: Let's talk about a little more pension reform, also affordable housing, and helping the homeless. These are topics that were left over from your last visit, although there's been progress made. We want to make sure that, that there's accountability. We also want to make sure that the chiefs have more control of the situation. The police chiefs want great reform with the current model. Of that's another topic but we can go on for hours and hours over here some of these topics were left over from your last visit they've been unresolved including reforming the police officers bill of rights are we going to get it done mr. speaker
1: I believe we will get it done early in the year I really want to congr- I've said this before I do it right now with in his president. I want to congratulate the Senate president it was his bill uh, for two things first of all he had a study commission that worked very hard to come up with a good product uh, and he had a very strong vote that came out of the Senate unfortunately it came over late in the session it was like the last day of Session, and my members asked me, and I quite frankly didn't feel it was uh, prudent to take a bill of that magnitude and move it without right. public hearings or without public input. But we have worked all summer on it. We're very close in, in terms of aversion. I think that we'll get together on that and we'll get it done this year. And I, I want to really congratulate the Senate, because they've taken the lead on this issue. They've done a very good job of it.
0: All right. So the House will probably reconsider what you put forth and passed on the House. Give me the headline out of that. The Bill of Rights is going to change Xxx just give me the top two
2: well we're looking to change the composition of the uh, of, of, of the Commission as, and how they deal with uh, those those issues okay uh, and as we've seen in the news as of late uh, some of those issues have been uh, permeating and and have been uh, uh, they've been judged uh, uh, difficult over the years. Yeah, because every every time there's a police officer in the news, it goes to this and there's
0: complaints, so I, you're right, but, but, but this but, is going what, to get done. What I,
2: what I see is, is something that we did previously, and I want to thank the speaker for his cooperation with it in this chamber, the body cameras. Yes. The body cameras tell yes. a lot of things, and it makes people a little more uh, prudent as to how they act with with police and we've seen some uh... some uh, evidence of that as it goes along so i think the body cameras, in conjunction with the reform on the uh, policeman's bill of rights uh, I, I think the public will be pleased with whatever we come out with. Okay.
0: Well, uh, will the public be pleased with any form of pension reform? You've already indicated that I think you don't have the money for pension reform. Is this, is this going to stay the uh, way Gina Raimondo left it? So,
1: so I, I, I will not say that. I disagree with that. Okay, I don't well, know. Well, I'll I,
0: retract it. I then, so no, no, make it I, clear I, for I, me.
1: I don't, I don't know because I don't know what this, the study commission has. I I, I want to be fair and open to that process and, and I want to see what they come up with and I want to see what's if anything's in the governor's budget on that as well. Look, I will tell you this on, on pension reform. We made some reforms last year. I mm-hmm. uh, made people realize that the state finished with about a $12 million uh, surplus in revenue, and half of that money went into the governor's rainy day fund, and the other half of it went into the uh, retirement fund for the state to help, help us get us closer to 80% faster. So we made a $6 million uh, allocation into the unfunded liability for the state retirement mm-hmm. system, and we made $6 million into the governor's rainy day fund to help the state when we borrow money for all these big ticket okay. items, we get a better bond rating.
0: All right, listen, uh, the devil is in the details. I understand. Exactly. And you understand it very well but there was just a meeting the other day with the pension people who are getting the pension and they want more money. They want the COLA raised, they want the money back. Is that realistic, Senate President Ruggiero?
2: Uh, I I know what they want. I'm not sure if that's realistic. Obviously, everything is going to be predicated upon what we see in the budget. And I think the Treasury has done a great job as far as the hearings uh, that have uh, taken place. Uh, The the public has a, a, a right to come in and testify. A lot of the unions came and testified. Obviously, it's something that, uh, that people want. It's something that we would love to give them, mm-hmm. but we don't know if it you – know, we're worried about the affordability of it right now and how it would uh, affect the pension system as it exists right now. There's
0: also a great clamor for affordable housing. This is the left, left, leftover from the last time that you were here. Now, the state, you've given a lot of money for yes. affordable housing. I see you with the breaking the ground and this project and that, and that project. But some towns, you know, are pushing back against this. Uh, some towns say, well, look, we're built up. And Johnson's mayor even told me he would
2: like to build more affluent housing in his town. He says nothing wrong with that. You've heard that. Yes, we have. And your reaction? Uh, look, we need the affordable housing. Uh, there are some people out there that uh, really could use that at this point in time. Uh, I think it's, it, it's moved slowly. Uh, I was disappointed when they had the federal money uh, for the uh, uh, rent uh, that they could pay people and for their utilities. It did not get out fast enough to help people, Uh, but I think that it's moving a little more quickly right now, and I'm hoping that uh, uh, housing uh, will be uh, one of our uh, major uh, uh, endeavors when we come back in in session. And I want to commend the Speaker for his uh, legislation. He had 14 bills in, 13 of those bills passed. I want to commend him for the effort that he's put on that because he is probably one of the foremost authority on housing uh, in the state of Rhode Island.
0: And and uh, the projects are good. We just a minute, just a minute left. I'm tight on time. Wow. Uh, this leads us to sort of the homeless. Uh, just take the last word on that. Thirty seconds, Mr. Speaker. Do you support the state buying buildings and sort of going into the homeless hotel business? That's what the GOVERNOR'S doing. Thirty seconds tight.
1: Yes, I do because we have a Please, I have My office is on Jefferson Boulevard in Warwick, and directly yeah. across the street from me is the Motel Six, and it's full of homeless yes. people. And I, and I support that. I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And I, uh, where I live, I live across the street from a solo field. So I support these things. I know that some people that are very controversial about it, but I want to commend Secretary uh, Pryor. He's done a good job. The state has bought the Charlesgate Nursing Home yes. to help with the homeless population. We need to address this issue.
0: All right. Well, we'll leave it uh, unfinished because we can't get to every topic. But thanks to both of you for coming in. Speaker Ciccari, Senate President Ruggiero. And have a Merry Christmas uh, to same both of you, you and your family. To you. and we'll, have pick your family. On, we'll pick it up on the radio.